Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway Thursday edition. With Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine jam-packed show each and every Thursday. Trey Wallace joins us to talk all of the SEC headlines. He's with OutKick.com, as is Armando Salguero. We cover NFL news, notes, and topics with him. Plenty there uh, with everything that took place yesterday uh, with the House Oversight Committee talking things with uh, Roger Goodell and what is to come with Washington Commander's ownership and, and Daniel Snyder. Plus... Browns linebacker Jacob Phillips, a former LSU Tiger, national champion. He's been with the Browns for two years. He will be in town here in Nashville. He's from Nashville, and he's hosting uh, his inaugural football camp this coming Sunday. He will be in studio with us uh, to look ahead to that, but also chat all things football. That's coming up in hour number three. Gentlemen, a lot to get to today. It is going to be a fun, action-packed show with plenty of headlines to get into. And a huge one that we talked about yesterday and teased that it was happening soon, and it happened the very next day. I had, a, I had a feeling, guys, it was coming soon because he had referenced he wanted to put everything to bed before school started and, and not be a distraction for his final season in high school. I, I did not expect it to be at the Manning Passing Academy because they don't make a whole lot of news and notes down there. Um, we covered that yesterday. So I'm surprised it happened today, the morning as the – the MPA gets underway in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Um, Arch Manning chooses Texas over Georgia and Alabama, uh, to name two that were at the top of the list. And uh, he does so on social media. And the reaction, guys, initially, I thought, Texas officially joined the SEC today. Yeah. That, that was my first thing after thinking, wow, he, they announced it at the Manning Passing Academy. I would also think, I, I, I was kind of with you, that was my reaction, but my reaction was, I, I, this has to accelerate the process. <laughs> like, they're not going to slow play it now. They're going to want this kid in the conference for the bulk of his career, not for the end, the of. end of his career. Uh, so I won't be surprised to see things go faster. I thought things were going to go faster you know, on the fast end of the spectrum as opposed to, to the slow end of the spectrum. Look, I like that he's doing something out, a little bit outside the box, a lot outside the box, not going to the best, best teams as everybody expected that he would. Still, Texas seems a little bit surprising. Um because they're so, they've been so far out of it. But here he's saying, I'm going to go resurrect uh, a team with a storied history that's on, it, on the rise. Uh, I'm surprised how many people automatically say, well, he'll be in the transfer portal in a year. That, that's not 
uh, the Manning way, and I would be very surprised if he doesn't start and finish his career at Texas and go there and endure what it takes to help turn a program around over the course of, of a three-year career. My first thought was this decision is a lot like his uncle's decision in the time that he made it. Peyton Manning, when he went to Tennessee, was a shock at that point. Tennessee had not won a national championship since 1951 at that point. They had a young, up-and-coming former offensive coordinator at head coach and Philip Fulmer, who had only been on the job for less than a year as head coach when he committed, when Peyton Manning committed to him. Um, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian has been a head coach before. He's not Philip Fulmer in 1993-94, but he's a guy who's, you know, failed as a head coach before and then was an offensive coordinator. Now he's gotten another big shot at Texas. So there's a little bit of a leap of faith to go with this, much like Peyton Manning in 1993 when he decided to go to, to Tennessee. So I, I, that, that was my immediate thought. There's also this instantaneous reaction to this from a lot of people that's just, how on earth could this guy not pick Alabama or Georgia, given all their success and given what Georgia just did? Look, I, I get it. They're the two best programs in football right now, but kids pick schools for a number of different reasons. If it was simply a best head coach leaderboard, and everyone went to the best head coach, Alabama would bat a 1,000 with offers because they would go play for Nick Saban, who's got more national championships and wins than anyone in the game. Why would anyone ever spurn Nick Saban if that were the case? There's a number of factors of why people go somewhere. I, I So in, in thinking about this morning and, and having some talks with just people around college recruiting, I think David Cutcliffe played a massive factor in Yeah, this. that's what I was wondering, because and, he was there and then he wasn't there. Well, David Cutcliffe was at Tennessee with Peyton Manning. He was at Ole Miss with Eli. He recruited Cooper, and then, recru- and then Cooper had spinal stenosis, was diagnosed with spinal stenosis, and his career was cut short. Point being, he was very close to taking a consultant job with Texas and with Sarkeesian, just like Gary Patterson did. And chose, because the offer came in right after, to go work in Birmingham uh, with, the, with the Southeastern Conference and the entire conference. But to, to me, there's, there's no coincidence with the linking up of that pattern and, and the fact that everyone would have been looking for Cutcliffe's advice during that process. That, that's one of the confidants that has been there from day one, no matter which recruiting path you want to take. And the fact that Cutcliffe was willing, you can Google, it was back in early February, how close he was to joining Sark at Texas. Uh, I can't help but think that there, there was something there with advice, knowledge about the situation. Um, because right after all of that was coming out is whenever he took the visit to Austin. He was hired March 25th-ish uh, by the SEC. Yeah, and it was the, in February is when the, the Texas... Uh, discussion was happening so I I, I think that plays a, a, a big factor also um, Paul I, I think you bring up a good point about the acceleration out of the process reports were out early last week that the uh, that both Texas and Oklahoma and the Big 12 were discussing a process that could end up with them joining the SEC earlier than 2025 and then the the year last week that was put out was 2024 um, so if, if it's on that timeline, it's one full season 
where he's in the Big 12 before joining the Southeastern Conference. But, I mean, then uh, the, mean... the buyout could be, could be made. And the, 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 pro, the thing that you have to take in mind on when they join is how quickly the conference itself finalizes whatever the schedule is going to be for future scheduling purposes and how they're going to integrate Texas and Oklahoma into the conference, how many games you're going to play. Odds are he plays Ole Miss and UT once each at least. Yeah. Yep. Well, look, as, as a Tennessee guy like I am, I'm thrilled it's not Bama or Georgia because that's who Tennessee plays every year. So when I saw it, I was relieved that it wasn't going to be one of those schools where the rich gets richer, and instead he's going to blaze his own path. He would have blazed his own path to Georgia or Bama as well, but this is a, a real outside-the-box move uh, for him to go to Texas. And I'm not saying that like Texas is some right. startup. I mean, Texas is one of the five winningest programs. They're just behind Bama and Oklahoma, if you look at all-time wins in the SEC. If we're counting Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC already, they're third. But I mean, they're right there. They've been disappointingly bad for some time now, and if they can't make it work with yeah. him, they will really... Yeah, I mean, they won a national title 17 years ago. Yeah. A lot of people would, would love to have that yeah, sure. as being disappointingly bad. But yeah, the they, they've been underachieving uh, for, for, for a Texas. time now. Did I mean, you see the meme today? Uh, Davey Hudson uh, pointed this out. He said <laughs> uh, the meme was with the announcement and then the, just the quick little blurb, maybe Texas can beat Kansas now. You know, maybe they have a shot of taking down the Jayhawks in football. Um, <laughs> well, they, but uh, you know, you mentioned that from the Tennessee perspective, it also works from the Ole Miss perspective. Yeah, it doesn't sting sure. with them going to Georgia or Alabama the same way it does by him selecting Texas for either program with connections to the Manning family. So Nick is uh, very active right now, someone on our YouTube chat saying, sorry, Paul, Texas and Oklahoma are not leaving till 25 According to, a col- according to College Football Insiders. They're not leaving early and paying the exit fee that's astronomical for a kid who hasn't played a single down. Well, they'll, they'll negotiate that I think it'll get down. negotiated down. And then he says, if the SEC wants to, to help pay my K-State, who's his alma mater, and other Big 12 schools just to have Texas and Oklahoma leave early, fine by me. I It'll think part of the negotiation will this be the SEC paying the exit fee. This ain't or great for number. the Big 12. Like He's making it like, oh, well, you know, it's some huge win for the Big 12 to hold on to two teams that don't want to be there for two additional years. It's not. No. It's not, oh, I'm holding on to your pant leg like a dog that doesn't want you to leave the house. doesn't make you look good, Chief. It makes you look bad. Texas, Oklahoma, GTFO. We got to get Cincinnati in here immediately. <laughs> we got to get Cincinnati and Central Florida into our conference right now. No, but I'm this saying a huge it doesn't make them look good to be holding on to two teams that are dying to leave and go to a better conference. I mean, you're holding them prisoner for two years when the inevitable is coming. I don't see how that's a great thing. Well, Sorry, I, would, I don't know about they're hold- not leaving two years early. We're going to make them stay. Well, I think wow, what he's saying you're really is showing off your muscles there. I think what he's saying is Texas and Oklahoma are not going to solely pay that huge buyout for one I, kid. I wasn't indicating just they, to say, oh, now that we got Arch Manning, we're going to go ahead and I pay that. I wasn't indicating buyout. they were, but I think the forces, like Hutt said, uh, before Arch Manning, I thought they would negotiation time would come, the price would come <laughs> down, and they'd find a way the league and the schools to pay it. And here's another factor that would make certainly the SEC side want to make it happen. Let me play a little bit of devil's advocate on this this one. Uh, If I'm a current SEC team, 
I am awfully reluctant to go ahead and fork over millions of my paycheck to get Texas and Oklahoma in the league early. To beat me. Unless Greg Sankey is going to put a piece of paper in front of me that says, by doing this two years early, let's say, or a year early, we are going to get X amount in our TV deal that we're going to be negotiating at that point. I think he would do that. By having it then. I mean, if he doesn't, I'm not doing it. I'm saying they can pay it or they can leave in 2025 when their contract's up and we can set the ball rolling downhill for the next TV contract at that time. Right, but more likely, I, I'm, what I don't I'm wanna, saying is... I don't want to set this precedent already oh, where sure. we will do whatever it takes to pay them. We will pay them. We'll pay all of them. We'll give them our money and get these guys over there. No, but I, I'm saying... Uh, they need the SEC more than the, than, than the vice versa. I agree, but I'm, I'm saying that the odds are it comes a time where if you pay X, you get back Y, and Y is substantially bigger than X. The reports were uh, last week that they were discussing uh, 2024 as the early um, entry into to the SEC, and the buyout right now would be $76 million. Um, that's from, that's what they would owe the Big 12. Um, if I'm the Big 12, I'm holding them to that as much as possible. I'm trying to get something close to that um, for I, what they're I, leaving I, and the income that they bring in as two universities compared to the guys, the the the, the teams, that are, the programs that are sticking around. But what are two years of having them worth versus no money two years later? If well, you I don't. Twenty five million now. I'd have to see when the current TV contract ends because there may be no monetary gain of getting them early. You're just they're going to be added to whatever the the current structure is for the SEC, unless you can tear up the current contract and get these networks to pay you more well, money the, the for e- an early entry. The ESPN ABC three hundred million dollar uh, deal um, starts in twenty twenty four. So you'd have to go back to the negotiating table to renegotiate one year early a bonus year of Texas-Oklahoma. And, and say again, let's divide it up. It's based sense, on 14. Let's base it on 16 at the very least. But you're not just basing it on. That's not at just the very 16. Least. Right. At the very least for the two years. I mean, I, I'm not, again, like I'm not in any hurry to pay $76 million if they're just two of 16. If they are Texas and Oklahoma well, money coming in, a year early, and the money makes sense, I, I would do it. And if I'm the Big 12, there is no chance in hell that I'm taking anything less than $76 million. There is no negotiation. You are paying the full buyout. You left us. Why would, they on, why would they play ball with the SEC to lower that buyout? To get it over with. I, no. Get, get me the money. Like We're going to need the money if you're the Big 12. Most you got to be divorces, like that. Most divorces don't, uh, the longer they're stretched out, the worse things get. Well, most wives, when their husband leaves them, doesn't leave money on the table either. And I guarantee you the Big 12 is not going to leave that money on the table. They're going to want to get everything they can. Well, and then on the who's really running things is ESPN and ABC. Just ask the Big 12. Um, yeah, and, I just there's that, no they, way I'm taking less than seventy six. They, the, they would be the ones that would be willing to pay part of this. Also, is um, it worth it if you divide it you, three ways and the schools again, pay twenty five each and the league pays twenty five? But again, this goes back to the TV schedule and the upcoming football schedules. That's going to churn all of this. And as soon, if, maybe that happens a discussion with SEC media days and whatever Sankey gets up in in, in his opening remarks. Um, dives into. Uh, maybe it happens next offseason where they finalize something moving forward. But when we know for sure that the presidents and the athletic directors have signed off 
on the nine-game SEC schedule, adding the extra game, and then they have determined the 6-3 and three model or however it's going to go about the following years whenever Texas and Oklahoma will join. And does TV help offset it? Maybe. Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, the, the TV thing, and you were talking about 2024 is the year the big ABC ESPN new in. contract starts. Yep. You would have to get more money from ABC and ESPN to offset it a, a year early for them to join in 2024 and not with 2025. So I, if it all made sense, yes, but Big 12, do not take a dime less than what they're leaving. They should not. And again, if I'm one of these SEC schools, you got to show me the money where it's going to make sense to bring them in early. I'm not opposed to it. I mean, it would make sense to me. I say get them in as early as possible, but I also understand I'm not wanting to pay that money to the Big 12. And if I'm the Big 12, I'm not taking a dime less than what's owed in the contract. Also, how do we feel about the guy who might be, should be the incumbent quarterback at Texas when Arch arrives there, who just came from Ohio State and is supposed to be... Quinn Ewers will have a chance to go pro after Arch Manning's freshman year. Okay. So he'll be three years removed from high school. He spent a year at Ohio State, transferred. He will have this year where Arch is still in high school. Uh, I think if they're... If the path for a five-star quarterback like him works out, he will have one year, he will go pro, and Arch will have a year to be a backup quarterback before taking over. To me, that's the ideal scenario if you're Texas. It's not that Arch takes the job right away, but Quinn Ewers, you get him for a year. Arch plays a little bit but learns under him as a freshman, and he's a starter as a sophomore. Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts at Outkick360. You can join us in the YouTube chat as well. Um, coming up, Trey Wallace will join us. We'll continue this discussion and uh, the SEC effect uh, that Texas now lands Arch Manning. The Manning, uh, Manning is back in college football under center and behind center, and he's headed to UT, the University of Texas. We will get into that with, with Trey. Later in the show, uh, Stanley Cup final last night ends in overtime and ends with some controversy after both teams are off the ice, and it's known that there were too many men on the ice whenever the goal was scored. And Boncaro's odds around midnight last night for the NBA draft, 11 p.m. Central, flipped on who would be the number one overall pick. And they've since changed again with the odds makers. We'll get into tonight's NBA draft a, a bit later in the show. Outkick 360, excited to partner with Aurora NutriScience. Vitalifescience.com is the website. VIDALifescience.com is where you can see more information. Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code Outkick360. So if you're listening, if you're viewing, you're a season ticket holder to 360, you get the benefits of the 15% off at VitalifeScience.com where you can find unique, cutting-edge, nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes, and that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, glutathione, Simple single-use packets that you can grab and go with in the mornings. Uh, that Larger uh, bottles as well that you can store in the fridge for your shake, for the post-workout, whatever it might be. VitaLifeScience.com is the website for more info. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at Vita. V-I-D-A, LifeScience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. 
Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Armando Salguero from Outkick.com talks NFL headlines with us in an hour. Outkick 360 rolls on. We broadcast live from Music City. Sixth and Peabody, our location, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We head to Omaha. Trey Wallace in Nebraska covering the College World Series, and he joins us from the press box uh, in Omaha currently. Trey, always great to have you on the show talking SEC headlines and the future SEC program. With the Longhorns in Texas, they land the number one quarterback in the land in Arch Manning. What did you think of today's news? Uh, I thought it was it's huge news for what Steve Sarkeesian's trying to do. At Texas, I mean, let's not forget they got Quinn Ewers also, you know, that, that that's on the roster right now. You know, this is this is big for a lot of reasons too. It's um, you know, let's not forget Texas has a return trip to Tuscaloosa that Art Twain could be a part of um, coming up soon, and 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 also, you know, for what Steve Sarkeesian's trying to do, he need and like I knew Quinn Ewers is a big name. I get that you just landed Arch Manning. So, like, you know, if Texas is trying to get into that next step as they get set to join the Southeastern Conference, talk about a boom moment on a Thursday. Here's the other thing, too. It happened on, like, a Thursday afternoon at, like, what, it was, like, 1245, not much going on. And I think that's exactly how Arch Manning wanted it, something kind of low-key. All of a sudden, he starts a Twitter page, and he releases it, and it's there. It, that, it's big for Texas and what they're getting for the future. Do you expect Nick Saban to go speak to some sort of community group and call out Texas for their NIL also, saying they're paying all their, all their players? And I say that half-jokingly, Trey, but, I mean, Quinn Ewers has an Aston Martin that's, uh, that's burnt orange. Um, all this talk about A&M, and Arch Manning goes to Texas, and, I mean, there's some people kind of joking about it, but I think we got to put Texas in the realm of teams that are getting it right early on with NIL and the power they have with that brand and their alumni? You know, I'll, I'll say this about, I'll say this about Texas. And I, I think, uh, well, let me rephrase. I'll say this about Arch Manning. I think Arch Manning wanted to find the perfect fit. Like Arch Manning isn't worried about money because they've got money, but it helps when what they're going to be able to do for him over the next four to five years, when it comes to marketing himself, growing himself bigger, you know, I don't think it'll ever be as big as like his uncle Peyton, but getting to that level. Um, and I think overall too, yeah, the money is a factor, Look, here's the thing. People have caught up with other schools that had an early jump on this NIL stuff. And it's, and it's, and it's taking nothing away from the, the, the groups that had it going early on, but 
I mean, Texas put a put a foot down. I mean, this thing could have gone the Georgia way, could have gone a couple of different ways. And the fact that they got the deal done, man, that that's huge for what they're trying to do. And yeah, you had a quarterback driving around in Aston Martin. I mean, look what Bryce Jones driving around in. Look what C.J. Stroud's driving around in. Uh, Nick Saban getting on a soapbox talking about NIL while also having players ride around in Mercedes and, uh, you know, nice vehicles in Tuscaloosa that I'm sure they got at Nick Saban, Mercedes, and Birmingham. Um, I don't think he can really complain too much. How how much of his career do you think will be uh, in the SEC? I would – so, if I mean, if if he's coming in next year, um, I don't know if he'll be the starter right out of the gates because um, they still have Quinn there. It depends on how good he is. But I would I would think you might get two years out of that, guys. I mean, if, if I'm putting it all together, he could become the starter in 2024 and then play 2025 and then play – just technically two years, I would think. Chad, Jonathan, Paul, um, I, I kind of think that's the number that we're looking at. Is this either way? He's going to go to Tuscaloosa and play. Yeah, you know he, he's going to be on the roster when the Longhorns evade Tuscaloosa next year. I, I really believe more and more that it's it's going to actually be twenty twenty five that 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 the initial you know report about when they were going to join is going to happen. It may be a year early, but putting that aside, even if it's a year or two, you know that he's in the SEC. Was this was this the best move for the SEC? And what I mean by that is we've already got two national powers in Georgia and Alabama in the SEC. But for Texas to do this and land a guy that this is outside the box for the Manning family, this adds even more spice. And I don't know if it even has the same effect if he goes to Oklahoma. With all due respect to Oklahoma, to me, to steal the phrase, it just means more. That Arch Manning went to Texas and Texas is about to join the SEC and the rivalries that's going to create, and also the rivalry there in state with Texas A and M. The biggest part about it is, is like folks, you know, did, did folks not think Texas was going to start putting this thing together? I mean, they're about to join the Southeastern Conference. They weren't going to just sit around and sit on their hands and not spend any type of money to get this program put in the right direction. Like this was coming. Like you, you felt it coming. Now the Arch Manning thing, it takes it up a notch. Okay. Um, but I think overall, when we look at this, you know, I, I get your point, Chad, with so many good teams, and in, 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 it's a super conference, per se, now with Texas. And I agree with the Oklahoma point. Texas is right now, right now, naturally more of a little bit of a splash to me personally than Oklahoma is, even though Oklahoma's had success. That tech, When you say Texas, it's just something's different about when you say it compared to Oklahoma. In, in college football. So, I, you know, we're about to find out. We're, we're going to see. Because my biggest thing is with, with, with the Longhorns coming in is, you know, they got to get all their ducks in the order before they join the conference because they don't want to come in here as a lame duck and, and they start taking losing seasons right off the bat or six and six or something like that. Texas is setting themselves up to be a national power when they join the Southeastern Conference. Now, the problem is, you got to face off against Alabama, A and M, LSU, Georgia. You know, once right when you get in, Florida, maybe Tennessee's getting things going by then. So it's going to be harder for for Texas, you know, to 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 play for a national championship or play for an SEC championship. But I think that's also when we start talking about 
college football expansion when the playoffs, I think that might hit around the right time Texas gets in where guys, they could be playing for a national championship with two losses in the SEC. Trey Wallace with us, outkick.com, the website. Uh, Trey, uh, how is Omaha and how are the jello shots? Uh, the jello shots are good. Um, I did not put them on the company card, so we're good if the bosses are listening. Uh, I did end up buying two of them for Stanford fans that were here. I kind of felt bad for them. I just pulled the piece just a second ago talking about just the atmosphere here. It's really special. And, and, and if you haven't been here, um, I urge you to come here just to experience it once, you know, once it, because it reminds me of, you know, a, a, a final four on steroids, you know, <laughs> where there's so many different fan bases here and it's so much fun. I mean, it, I, I got into Omaha late last night and at two thirty this morning, there were Arkansas fans calling the hogs in the hotel lobby and I, and they were doing it for a while. So I walked down there. All of a sudden, I walk out of the elevator, and the door and security guard is calling the hogs with the Arkansas fans. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we've hit another level here. But, uh, but I'm telling you, it's an event that if you're a baseball fan or if you're just kind of a sports fan in general, I, I would come out here. And just crazy part is there's Tennessee fans out here. I talked to a couple. You know, they came out there, and they're like, we're not going to miss it anyways, even though our team's not here. Um, a kid wearing a Vitello jersey around uh, there's LSU fans that you see every game behind home plate. Um, there's so many different fan bases that come together for this one event. Omaha does a great job of doing it. And I'm just glad that, that, we're, that we're here covering college baseball. And I want to see it continue to, to grow, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. I think we all can admit that it's going to take more time for it to continue to grow. But Omaha, the city, the people, they do a fantastic job. And this matchup we're about to watch, and you guys are going to keep up with it while you're on the air, but I mean, Arkansas and Ole Miss are about to get into a dog fight and the loser in this game goes home. The winner in this game will play for a national championship starting on Saturday. It's going to be pretty electric in here. They're also, they're also playing for the title of most jello shots purchased at Rocco's. I enjoyed the column. Um, Arkansas fans have spent over $37,000 on jello shots at Rocco's and they've been keeping a tab of everyone on the board. Um, over 8,000 of them. Meanwhile, Ole Miss, which has been there uh, the, the longest as well, they've, uh, they're inching closer to seven grand uh, of total jello shots at $4.50 a pop. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm sitting here and I, I can bring it up, and I'm, I'm looking at the numbers right now. And Arkansas has bought 8,240 jello shots, and <laughs> Ole Miss has bought 6,117 jello shots. Now let's you know if you add up the money, I added up Arkansas. That's over thirty-seven thousand dollars. This bar across the street from the field, Rocco's, has made. And credit to them, they are giving money to the food pantry yeah. uh, in Fayetteville and in and in, uh, in Oxford. But goodness, like, how did I not think of this? You know, like ten years ago, to come up with some kind of Jello shot thing in a college town and make this much amount of money. It just it blows my mind. It pisses me off at the same time. I pictured these shots and you as melting because I always think of the College World Series as a absolute just heat bloodbath. But I called up the forecast here. Uh, today's high eighty three. Tomorrow eighty four. Saturday eighty four. Sunday seventy eight. What, what's happening? Get some there? of that weather down I here. I mean, in this sounds like something I could actually go to and enjoy. It's because I got off the plane last night at midnight and the hot weather went away. No, that's exactly. I mean, look, 
And I was looking at it, Paul. I mean, it was 105 degrees, 102 degrees, you know, earlier in the week. And then I get here. All of a sudden, I walk out of the hotel this morning at 630 and there's a breeze. And I'm where am I at? Wait a minute. What's going on here? Um, so, hey, look, it, it makes it for, for great weather for, you know, for the fans that want to come out and want to enjoy it. You don't have to sit in the crazy amount of heat uh, that they have been for the last week and a half. I think, uh, you know, Paul, a lot of people, I don't think they, they quite understand that this is pretty much a two-week event. So you've got fans that have been here for two weeks. You've got baseball teams that have been here for almost two weeks. So it – it's crazy how it's all put together, and um, yeah, man, I'll, I'll take the weather. You know, I'm about to walk down and spend some time in the stands uh, for a good amount of the game, and, and I want to kind of experience it what it's like because I was here last year covering Tennessee, and uh, yeah, I lost five pounds. You know, once I got off the airplane last night, then it started cooling down this morning. <laughs> You'll put it back on. Yeah, the, the misnomer for someone who goes to Nebraska every summer is that uh, you know it's cooler. In the north, when you go further north. When you go northwest in the middle of the country like that, it is blow dryer hot, even with the wind blowing there in Nebraska. Trey Wallace, college football, college sports writer for Outkick.com, is our guest. Trey, I'm guessing every bit of America outside the SEC footprint is thanking God right now for college basketball that featured North Carolina and Kansas in the championship game. Because what we have now is a college football championship game that featured Alabama and Georgia – you're going to have a college baseball national championship series that features one current SEC team versus one future SEC team with Oklahoma locked in and the women's college basketball champions, South Carolina. This is true dominance taking place right now in major college sports that actually make money that we're seeing from the SEC. Your thoughts? You know, don't forget track and field too. I think the SEC did really good in that too. Um, but, Again, no. sports that make money. <laughs> I'm talking I, about, but I yes, know, track I and know, field, too. Right? No, I know. I know. I'm messing. Um, I, I think overall, it, it, it's absolutely crazy, first off, that, that the conference has had this kind of run. Um, but I think it also shows you how much that they put into each of these sports and, you know, you, what you're getting out of these teams. And, and, and you know, you look at, yeah, you look at the NCAA tournament. I mean, you go back and look at it. We played an SEC championship with Alabama, Georgia. Three and a half, four weeks later, we're playing the national championship in Indianapolis with all fans. Um, I, I just took a peek a little bit ago, and, and it's all red and blue here in Omaha with Arkansas and Ole Miss fans. You know, they're, they're going to have to start paying at the SEC for some of this revenue that they're bringing in for these different sports because it's it's great. It's really crazy to see. I mean, there are so many. Um, uh, T-shirts from different schools in the Southeastern Conference that are here. Arkansas has completely taken over this town. Ole Miss has done the same thing. Uh, the economy's booming here during these two weeks, and four out of the teams, four out of the eight teams, came out of the Southeastern Conference. So it's it's a it's a pretty amazing run that the SEC's been on. And yeah, if you add two more teams, Oklahoma and Texas, technically that's six. So I mean, you know, it, it just I, I, I don't I don't know how things could get any better right now, maybe besides, you know, uh, uh, winning an NCAA tournament basketball. Um, but but right now, things seem to be rolling for Greg Sankey, and uh, I think he's going to be here today. And, uh, yeah, this is this is what you're here for, man. The STC Network's here. They popped up, you know, and, and this is what we're all about. So I'm glad to be out here covering the SEC, and, and you know what? They're dominating right now. Let's just see if they can win a national championship. <laughs> 
And Hutton, I even forgot about future SEC member Oklahoma winning the softball, softball. World Series oh, and dominating dominant the entire fashion. sport. Trey, um, you you ran into uh, some Texas fans today, I believe. Were, did, were they talking baseball or Manning? It was the craziest thing. Like I was, I'm walking around the concourse, and I'm just minding my own business, and I'm just taking it all in. And uh, this is, I don't know, an hour and a half ago. And I, and I run into some Texas fans, and, and all of a sudden, man, they just started yelling out about Arch Manning. Like they're, they're not even playing here, <laughs> and they're talking trash about college football and getting Arch Manning. It was, it was a beautiful sight to see um, because it shows you, you know, just the variety of fans that are here. But the biggest thing that was on the Texas fans' minds, because they're not playing anymore, is landing Arch Manning. And what are they going to do? They're going to shove it in the face of the Ole Miss fans that were walking in front of them. And then they're going to try to piss off the Arkansas fans that are there and the others that went after him. So it, it's it's beautiful. College football never ends. In three or four weeks, we're going to be in Atlanta. It's going to be SEC media days. And then we're going to start fall camp. And it continues to roll on. So, no, Texas is not playing baseball anymore, but they sure got the number one quarterback in the country in Arch Manning. Trey Wallace, Outkick.com is where you can read all of his work. And he's currently in Omaha covering the, the College World Series. Great work as always. Great discussion. And we'll catch up next week with you, Trey. Appreciate you. Enjoy it. Guys, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. There's Trey from Omaha uh, checking in from the from the ballpark. Jello shots, phenomenal idea by that bar. Oh, I mean. I am not a jello shot. You make it a competition. Think about the money yeah. they've generated. But when there's this. a scoreboard, like you're saying, you put a scoreboard up, you, you don't like jello shots, but if there's a Tennessee column there, you're having a couple jello shots. I wonder what's you know, more. You know, cost effective though. Just gel. What about just actual shots? What if they just did fireball shots or something like that? Yeah, just but you pouring can't, that out of here a bottle. You can flavor them in your team's color. It just work, it, it yeah, works. Yeah, perfect. It, exactly. And they're pre-made. It, I mean, you just simply not expensive. Grab four. Here's twenty bucks. You know, bang. It's ingenious. <laughs> Thirty-seven thousand dollars off of Arkansas alone. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, incredible. And, and the way Trey was talking about it, I, I, what does Oklahoma's fan base look like in Omaha? Made it sound like it's all Arkansas and Ole Miss right now. I wonder what it's going to be like. That They've been the dominant team so far. And also, think about Oklahoma going for this clean sweep of softball and baseball. He National raises champions. a good point, too. I mean, that, that's, the, uh, that's the, uh, the, the small white ball capital of the world right now in college sports. Who can take two weeks, even if your kid's on the team? Like, yeah. you know. Uh, Evie makes the softball championships. Are you? Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, unless you're Billy Lucci, you're not. You're not able to go multiple times. I mean, I Shout think out if, Billy. It's your, if it's your family and you have an understanding employer, that then you go yeah. and you just take the two weeks off and you figure it out later. later. But I, I'm always amazed by the diehard. We see with the amount of Kentucky basketball fans that will you know take off all of March from Wednesday through the weekend to follow Kentucky in the tournaments. They work in every, with the SEC every other single day of the year. Or they pick SEC tournament or NCAA tournament, and they go to one of the two spots and watch. It's incredible. Coming up, a little controversy uh, last night with the Stanley Cup final where Colorado takes a 3-1 series lead, headed back to Colorado for Game 5 in a series-clinching opportunity. We'll get into that controversy in overtime. We will also discuss, we mentioned 37 grand in jello shots. Fred Goldman uh, has said that what, what OJ owes him, 37 grand is a fraction of it. And many times we see these court rulings and the money that's thrown out, and we say, oh, man, this is, 
this is hitting so-and-so in the pocketbook, right? Like, it, this is a lot of money. And I am fascinated by how little that money actually gets paid. Uh, details on how much OJ owes the Goldmans. That's coming up as well on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a repetitive storyline I can get sucked into easily. It's not every time, but most of the time. If it involves O.J. Simpson and the murder trial from the 90s, I'm locked in. And when I see the headline from TMZ that Fred Goldman says that O.J. owes him $96 million based on the ruling from years ago, and this includes interest in you know, back payments and mispayments, do you imagine like going through life not aside from just the story itself, but having a court ruling where someone is financially responsible for, you know, in a civil case for any judgment and then not actually receiving any of that on time. Where he's living this celebrity lifestyle and he's got this Twitter following and he's yeah. doing all of this stuff. It has to be crushing to see this every day. I have this little fantasy about um, running into O.J. Simpson it, where he's being treated like a celebrity, like in an airport, and seeing him and seeing people getting his autograph or trying to it get their strange. picture taken with him because you guys know how I am not reluctant to nudge into stuff that is not my stuff. And if I ran into this in the airport, I would go ballistic. Hey, are you having fun having your picture taken with a murderer? Hey, how's that autograph? Is it, does I, he sign it with blood? I does he have some I scuba would, gloves be the first in that time he's heard this. I would also be reluctant to speak this way to a murderer <laughs> in public. Uh, well, there'd be it plenty is, of witnesses. There'd be plenty That's, of witnesses to that one. That is my uh, funny story with all this. When I was in college, I was working at the liquor store I worked at with a buddy of mine. His girlfriend went to the University of Miami. And this was uh, 2002, 2003, I think before he went back, you know, went to prison. For everything that happened, but OJ's at a bar that this guy's girlfriend's out taking shots with all the girls at the bar, and Buddy's girlfriend calls up and is like on the phone with him. You know, this is so great. We're here partying with OJ Simpson. Why is that and great? My buddy it's- was like, "Well, that's fine, honey, but you know he's a murderer, right? He murdered two people." And it's just, no, it's just O.J. Simpson, big celebrity here, hanging out with us. I mean, even if for incredible. some reason you want to buy in to the criminal case which i and most people i know think is absolute bs to know that there's this civil case hanging there where he's gotten away with not paying and and this family is owed allegedly 96 million dollars why so have we let him become a re-celebrity and it was 33 a million it was 33 million in 1997 that was the original um number and that has ballooned over time with interest because there was a, a report like a decade ago that it was up to like 56 or something million. This guy should have trouble but leaving you just name, his house. You can name any number, and I, it's, just, it's just hollow, which is fascinating to me that it, that's allowed to happen. 
Should not uh, be allowed to happen. Yeah. He should not. He should have a hard time being out in public because people Best, make him uncomfortable. It reminds me that one of the be- one of my favorite Chappelle bits is when he goes through over a two-hour stand-up special, the four times he's met O.J. Simpson, and yes. he starts with yeah. the first, and the, <laughs> it's it one of his ends, Netflix specials. It ends with the last, and everything ties together with those four stories. It's phenomenal. Uh, and my guess is you could probably YouTube it, and they've, they've edited all four together. It is hilarious and terrifying at the same time. I'll be doing that during this commercial break, in fact. Yeah. I'll be finding that. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it, well, it's, uh, it's not funny with the Goldman situation, the money owed, but my immediate thought when Amber Heard had that, the settlement or the money coming down for that she owed, Johnny Depp, I thought, can she pay this off? Right. I mean... I don't know that she's a, no. I don't know that she's financially solvent enough or has made enough in her career to do that. But she'll wind up close to destitute, no? That's what it's supposed to do to you. It's supposed to take everything but you have. I feel like there's just an eternal loophole of I claim bankruptcy. I mean, you could get the right financial advisor to show anything and well, just say, well, I and can't also pay it. he had the wherewithal to put stuff in all kinds of tax havens or, or secret, exactly. you know, ahead of time exactly. to protect himself in every way possible. Whereas most people who commit double murder and end up civilly liable don't do that. First off, they're not filthy rich. And secondly, they don't do that. Yeah. And then half the time, I mean, even this is on the mega case end of it, but what, Half the time, even on just some of the smaller cases, when people are ordered to pay restitution, they they have nothing to show for it, right? Or they have ordered to pay court costs. They can't even afford that. And they just head off to, to prison, jail, whatever it might be. Yeah, the Goldmans, I mean, they've suffered oh, way brutal. too much. Way too much on every front. And I can't remember her name. Um, uh, Fred's daughter. The, uh Kim, thank you, Davey. Uh, Kim Goldman on Howard Stern, another must-listen interview. Uh, Fascinating from her perspective. Coming up, we've got headlines for you, including the controversy in the Stanley Cup final and how it was covered in real time last night. Odd for a championship series and a series-defining win, really. got my close game. For Colorado. NBA draft tonight. And how the odds are swinging back and forth on who's going number one, Arch Manning to Texas and more.